ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وبجمع بريزن الله سبحانه وتعالى وبريزم ان واسيس هيلب ان وسيك هيز فورغيفنس ان وسيك رافجن الله فروم ذا ايفل انسايد اس ان فروم ذا ايفل كونسيكونسز اوف اور باد اكشنز هويفر الله سبحانه وتعالى جايدز نو ون كان مسكايد However Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves to go straight no one can guide I testify that the reason who get to be worshiped but Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is our master the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Brothers and sisters inshallah my topic today will be about the vices of the shaitan Brothers and sisters your heart is like a fort and the only enemy who wants or looking to siege that fort is the shaitan and you need to protect it you need to protect your heart from the shaitan and in order to protect your heart from the shaitan you have to safeguard its gates and in order to safeguard the gates of your heart you have to know what are these gates brothers and sisters there are so many ways of the shaitan but inshallah we're going to only be talking about these three vices which the scholars of Islam consider to be the most dangerous vices of the shaitan and number 1 is getting involved in things that really concern you and the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in a hadith min husni islam al-mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni from the excellence of if somebody's faith that he leaves that which does not concern him the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam spoke about this and we know brothers and sisters the speech is one of the greatest blessings of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ability to talk the ability to communicate but it's unfortunately though this blessing of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speech is violated and abused speech nowadays are nothing but backbiting bragging and offensive talk when you look at some people sometimes or so, there are so many people who talk endlessly they cannot stop their tongues from moving and when you examine what they say you find are nothing but rubbish and hurtful things and the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said la yastawi imanu ahadukum hatta yastawi qalbuh a man's faith cannot be straight unless his heart is straight 
And his heart cannot be straight unless his tongue is straight. Because the tongue is the translator of the heart. Whatever, whatever you have in your heart can be exposed through your tongue. So do not really underestimate this piece of meat. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, he said, Khams lahunna khayrun lak. There are five things that are more valuable to you than the greatest blessing of this life. Listen carefully to these uh, five things. He said, number one, don't get, uh, don't get a meaningless talk because it's useless and it might drag you into a sin. Number two, he said, talk uh, uh, purposefully only when it's appropriate for you to talk because often people talk without a cage. Just talk. Sayyidina Luqman alayhi salam when he was a slave, he was ordered by his master to go and slaughter a sheep and bring the, the best parts, the best two parts of it. His slave master, he said, Luqman, go and slaughter a sheep and bring me the best two parts of the sheep. He slaughtered the sheep and he brought the tongue and the heart. The man was really irritated. And he thought that Luqman is just playing with him. And he said, Ya Luqman, go back and slaughter another one and bring me the worst parts of it. He slaughtered another sheep and he brought him the tongue and the heart. And then the man asked, what is wrong with you? I asked you to bring me the bass, you brought me the tongue and the heart. I asked you to go and slaughter another one, bring me the worst. You brought the same two parts. What's going on? He said, Ya Sayyidi. Oh my master, those two parts are the best in this life if they are sound, if they are sound and clear. And they are the worst if they are diseased and wicked. The tongue and the heart. That's number one vice. Number two, brothers and sisters, is being in a state of heedlessness. That the shaitan will always put you in that state of heedlessness. And in order to protect yourself against heedlessness, you have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You always have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you with His fortress of, remembrance, of remembering Him. And remember, when you neglect remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you open in the door for the shaitan to enter. And once this enemy has entered, extremely difficult, extremely difficult to expel him. We must, we must commit it to serious, special remembering of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must be uh, actively engaged in preparing our hearts, preparing ourselves, purifying our hearts, for the meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remembering of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, brothers and sisters, it's a true, it has a profound meaning. And do not underestimate it either. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa spoke about this.
The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu taught the Sahaba to always make a mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sallallahu taught people the afkar, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they leave their house, when they come to the masjid, when they drink, when they eat, after they finish eating, when they leave the masjid, when they greet one another, when they sit in the majlis. Everything, even when they have sexual intercourse with their wives, Rasulullah sallallahu taught him how to make dhikr. Even in this case. So Rasulullah said, everything that does not start with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ajizm. Means that it is, is kind of the barakah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's kind of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember that day that you tried to, to start your car and you've tried a few times and nothing, nothing happened. But just the moment you said, Bismillah. Magic starts, right? Remember that day? I remember that day. So remember to make a mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. And remember also that there are, there are a lot of benefits, a lot of virtues, a lot of merits actually of making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, one of these benefits is your safety in this life and the next life. Your success in this life and the next life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Make a mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as you can in order to be amongst those who are successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also another virtue, another benefit of making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The connection that you will have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the hadith Qudisi, أَنَا مَعَ عَبْدِي إِنْ ذَكَرَنِي I'll be with my servant the moment he makes a mention of me. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa once was asked about, Ya Rasulullah, what is the best act? What is the best deed that a man can do? He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أَن تَمُوتَ وَلِسَانُكَ رَطِبٌ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ To die while your mouth, while your tongue is moist by the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another virtue of making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the tumanina, the peace, the tranquility that people are looking for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Allah bi dhikrillahi tatuma'inni al-qulub. By remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hearts will find its tranquility, its peace. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also will give you safety against heedlessness through his dhikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Don't be amongst those who are headless. And the best dhikr, brothers and sisters, the Qur'an. The best dhikr is the Qur'an. The best dhikr also is to obey the injections of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to avoid that which He prohibited. And the vast dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also to make a mention of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and send blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know sometimes when you talk about sending blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, people start to label you. But listen to this hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one time at night, at night, this hadith narrated by Ubay ibn Ka'b, he said the Messenger of Allah came out at night and he said, Ayyuhan Nas, O people, 
O people, wake up, wake up and make, make uh, salah. Wake up and invoke your Lord. The end is near. And then Ka'ab said, Ya Rasulullah, what if I devoted all my supplication to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to raise your rank? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then it's enough. And because of it, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will remove your distress. And because of it, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala also will remove, will remove your, your sins. Just by saying, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just by saying, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammad, your distress will be removed and your sins will be removed. And this is something that we must at least, at least a few hundred times a day. That you should say that a few hundred times a day. And Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah mentioned in, in his book, Al-Ihya about a man who saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his dream. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he saw this man, he turned away. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, Ala ta'arifni, don't you know who I am? He said, uh, no, I don't, you know, I don't know you. He said, are you upset at me? He said, I'm not upset at you. I don't know who you are. He said, well, the scholars and the people of knowledge, they told us that you can recognize your, your followers like a mother recognizes her, her baby. He said, but you're not from my people. You're not from my followers. You're not from the ummah. He said, I am. He says, you don't send salah upon me. You don't say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Why do you think you're going to be granted the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And then the man, they said, the man woke up and he committed himself to say 1,000 times every day. A few months later, he said, I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He looked at me and he said, Al-ana a'rifuk, wal-ana ashfa'ulak. Now I know you and now I will intercede for you. The dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, brothers and sisters. The dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لَيَبْعَثَنَّ اللَّهُ أَقْوَامًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will resurrect a group of people in the last day. There will be lighting up. They will be standing in a pulpit made of light. يَحْسُدُهُمْ النَّاسِ They will be envied by others. لَيْسُوا أَنْبِيَاءَ وَلَا شُهَدَاءَ They are not... Prophets are not martyrs. And in the hadith they said, the narration said, فَجَثَ أَعْرَابِيٌ عَلَىٰ رُكْبَتَيْهِ وَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صِفْهُمْ لَنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ A man just went down on his knees and he said, yeah, I'm begging you, O Messenger of Allah, tell us who are these people? فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ الْمُتَحَابُّونَ فِي اللَّهِ Those who love one another in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People who are coming from uh, different towns and different countries, different tribes. People with different cultures, people with different backgrounds, they get together only to make a mention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like you brothers and sisters, people who are coming from different places in the world. You know, if you go anywhere, you will not find at least 25 to 30 different nationalities once a week in any place in the world but in the masjid. Seriously, you cannot even see it in the, in the Homeland Security office. Seriously, or when you go get your citizenship, you cannot find that many people from different cultures, from different nationalities. But people get here not for anything but for 
making a dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not for a green card, not for a citizenship, not for some worldly benefit, but for the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You'll be envied by people. You'll be, you'll be standing in a pulpit made of light just because your intention is to come here and to make a dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So do not underestimate the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The number three brothers and sisters, the third and the last vice of the shaitan is the increase, causing you to have more than what you really need. And this is a way that the shaitan will enter your heart through. And to protect it, you have to be careful not to fulfill all the needs of your soul. Like food, like sleep, like pleasure, like rest. And the cure for that is intentionally experience hunger. And to uh, reflect, also reflect uh, deeply about death and the afterlife. And the way to experience hunger can be achieved through voluntary fast or just reduce the amount of food that you eat. And we need to know that uh, you know too much food can actually harm your spiritual heart. It could actually kill it. And it's commonly believed that the people who eat a lot are the people who become hard-hearted. So many scholars, many scholars have agreed that fasting three days every month will maintain a regular engagement with hunger. Just try that. Try two days every week as the Master of Allah used to do. Monday and Thursday. Try the fast of Dawood every other day. Whatever pattern of fasting you choose, you must maintain it. And we also have to make sure that when you eat, you don't only eat halal, but you eat the halal and tayyib. Halal and pure. Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah said, what you eat affects your behavior because you are what you eat. That's what he said. What you eat affects your behaviors because you are what you eat. And he said that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited us from eating predators. Because we don't want to become like predators. Food, brothers and sisters, is one of the heinous means of destruction. It caused Adam to leave Jannah. It stimulates the sexual appetite and the desire for collecting wealth. There are so many flaws, really so many flaws, emerge as a result of satisfying this uh, appetite or this desire. And there are some other people who went beyond limits in suppressing their appetite, you know, and they just want to experience this, the pain of hunger, and that's also not fair. Because we need to do what the Master of Allah used to do. Just a few bites to keep your back straight. Because food is the, is the least of your concern. Or should be the least of your concern. You know, we have, nowadays we have problems. You know, we have this obesity problem in this country and all over the world. All over, some of them actually in the Muslim countries. You know, and we know that the Messenger of Allah the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he never encouraged overeating. As a matter of fact, he encouraged undereating. He وسلم, had a flat stomach. He was fit. He وسلم, and the companions, his companions, his sahaba, was the same way as the Messenger of Allah. You know, we have all these problems, all these, all these diseases, and all these problems that we see. 
uh, in obesity is because of how the food is produced. As a matter of fact, I just heard recently that some types of food are, are made to have addictive effect on people. People get addicted to certain types of food, like fast food. People get addicted to fat and sugar. They cannot stop. Just cannot stop. So don't eat fast food. Just eat the halal and tayyib. Just don't go to Walmart and get your, your groceries from Walmart. Really, pay some extra money and get some, some organic food. The Prophet Muhammad used to eat organic. You know, people used to just like, just pay a little extra, a little extra and buy your organic food. You know, don't drink Coca-Cola, don't drink Sprite, don't drink any of these things. Drink water and milk. The Prophet Muhammad used to drink milk from the udder. He used to drink that from the udder. So look for the good stores. Don't go to Walmart. As a matter of fact, Walmart was scored, scored an, an, an F. Walmart is scored an F in terms of, of their commitment to social and environmental responsibilities and also the way they treat their employees. So don't give your money to these predators. Really, don't give your money to these predators. Give it to people who know and who serve you well. People who say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim when they give you their food. You know, one time Allah, I was in New Jersey and then I went, I was looking in the Zabiha Ab and I was looking for, for a restaurant. And then I went to this restaurant, it was, a, it was a halal restaurant. And there were two guys there, it was supposed to be halal. And they were having this rap music, was banging on the food all day long. You know, and I went in there and I left. I left. You know, I laugh. You know, one of my shaykhs, wallahi, this is true. One of my shaykhs, he, he, the, when you eat with him, and best food ever, the best food ever. You know, his, his wife, she makes the food with the intention of curing, of healing. You know, people with, with sound hearts, people with, with pure intention, people that just love to feed you their food. They're not asking for anything in, in return. You know, when she makes the food, she says, Bismillah, Allahumma salli ala Rasulillah. Every time she checks the food and she serves the food, she says, Bismillah, Allahumma salli ala Rasulillah. If you're lucky to sit with this person and eat their food, Wallahi, the best food ever. The best food ever. When you see this man, how he used to treat his goats, he used to have corn in his pocket. We used to go to the masjid and the goats, his goats would follow him to the masjid and stay outside the door of the masjid until he finishes the salah and they will go back home with him. You know, this is how they were, were connected to this person. And that's the meat that you eat because he, did, he, did, he never bought my, uh, meat from a butcher shop. He just used to eat his own food. His own food. So don't give your money to these predators. Really, don't give your money to these predators. Some of these stores, you go to this, to this store sometimes, they don't have like signs for things. They want to just go and, and you go ask the cashier, where is this and that? He says, go wonder, just find it, find it. They want to just go because they think that when you go, you know, when you wonder, the more you wonder, the more things that you're gonna buy. Mice in the maze. You know, you don't know where's the exit, where it goes and where it takes you to where. You're just confused. Use that in that circle. And this is what they want you to do. You know, some stores, they put like all this garbage, all this candy and all this garbage right by the cashier. Some of these magazines, they have nasty and ridiculous pictures. 
Right? They have it right by the cashier. Why? Because this is all manipulation. Really, they, they are manipulating us. They are manipulating us. You know? So your child, when you, when you cash out your child, will get something. Or cry for something. I'll get it for him. Just a candy. This is just a trap. And a trap of the shaitan. Any book that speaks about purification of the heart. Any book she, that she get That speaks about the purification of her. You will always find the number one step is to use your food. And eat the tayyib. Eat the pure food. Good food. Good food. You know, one of the tabi'een uh, and the scholars of Islam, Abdullah ibn Sahl al-Tasuttari, he was asked one time, he said, uh, some people asked him, what, what do you say about a man who eats one meal a day? He says, Aklatul Anbiya. This is the food of the prophets. And then they said, what do you say about a person who eats twice a day? He said, well, this is the meal or the food of the righteous. What do you say about a person who eats three times a day? He said, Tell his people to build him a trough. And this is what tell you are, you have to eat six times a day. Six times a day in order to reduce this and that. You don't need to eat six times a day. You can just eat once a day. Three o'clock or four or four o'clock p.m. That's it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Seriously, you'll be fine. Sheikh Salik, when he was here, the man, he was so he was so thin. He was so skinny. Though he used to eat once a day, and the food that he ate was raw milk and brown rice. He used to put the milk on the rice and eat, and that's it. You sit with this man, wallahi, wallahi. You feel that you're so close to him, and you feel that you don't want to leave him. Just because, because of his righteousness. And this is the food of, of the people of righteousness. You know. So make sure that, you know, one of the scholars, he says, the best two blessings in this world, the, the best two blessings of this world is the company you keep and the food that you eat. The company you keep and the food you eat. So make sure that the people around you are righteous people. Make sure that the food that you eat is halal and pure. Halal and, and pure. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَاسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ الْحَمْدُ اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَمِنْ وَلَاهِ الْحَمْدُ اللَّهِ So brothers and sisters, these are the three vices of the shaitan. And as we said in the beginning, there are so many ways, so many ways that the shaitan can go or can tempt you. But these are the three major vices of the shaitan. Again, number one is getting involved in things don't concern you. Number two, being heedless from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number three is the increase, cause you to, to have more than what you really need. Remember, the shaitan is your enemy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him as an enemy in the Quran. He says, Inna shaytana lakum Shaitan will never take you directly to the sin. Shaitan has a policy called the step-by-step policy. And there is no time to... I, I wanted to talk about Barsisa and the story of Barsisa. He was a, a monk. He was a righteous man outwardly. He was a righteous man. Later on, he committed adultery. Then he committed murder. And then he prostrated to the shaitan. And the shaitan took him to the sin step by step shaitan is so patient he will never lose hope shaitan will never be convinced unless he sees you utterly destroyed so be careful don't put yourself in a gray area and say that you're strong because you're not don't put yourself in a gray area don't open the door for the shaitan and say I'm good I'm righteous I pray in the masjid all the time no shaitan 
Shaitan is very clever and he is the enemy. So, treat him as an enemy. اللهم اجعل هذا الجمع جمعا مرحوما توفقنا بعديه تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل فينا ولا حولنا ولا خلفنا شقيا ولا محروما Oh Allah, we ask you to honor us as you honor the righteous people before us. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect us from uh, anxiety and, and grief and from inability and laziness. Oh Allah, we ask you to pardon our shortcomings and forgive our mistakes. Oh Allah, we ask you to place light in our hearts and make us sources of light. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum wa aqimu salah.